For my soul's got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not wander. I shall not wander. I shall not wander. Cause my cup's running over, running over, and I shall not wander. And I will lift my eyes to where my help comes from. And I won't be afraid of the shadow because I've seen the sun. No, I will not stop when the way gets hard. Because the green only grows in the valley and that's where you are. Say, I shall not.
this life is over, I'm gonna live again. Gonna trade this cross for a crown. No, this is not the end. And when you call my name, I will take my right. There's a mansion in glory, yeah. You're going to meet me there. I shall not walk. I shall not walk. He will wipe every tear from my eyes. I shall not walk. I shall not walk. When he's on my side, I shall not walk. Praise the Lord, everybody. Tonight. <laughs> I want to greet you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. It's our midweek Bible study. So we welcome you all. We welcome our online members and visitors and all of us here. As customary, we will pray before we hear the word of God. Amen. I'd like for you to stand and Join in with me. It's not me praying, but all of us calling upon the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Lord, your God, all by yourself. You made us, and not we ourselves. We are the sheep of your pastor. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight for the opportunity that you have given us to come before you, to call upon your name and to say thanks, Lord, for keeping us, for watching over our families, Lord, for giving us health and strength, for providing for us, Lord Jesus. Father, for hearing us when we call upon you, when we are in distress, Lord. Father, we thank you. There are so many things that we, we thank you for, O oh God. Lord Jesus, I pray, O oh God, that we will be thankful enough that we will serve you. We will hide your, your word in our hearts so we will not sin against you, Lord Jesus. And we will take advantage of every opportunity to call upon your name, to reach the lost, to share the word of God with someone, to cause them to know you and serve you with their heart, mind, and soul. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we call upon you this afternoon, O oh God, we ask you, O oh God, to forgive the sins that we have committed, Lord. The sins that we have committed knowingly and unknowingly, Lord. Forgive us, O oh God. Lord Jesus, cleanse us from all unrighteousness tonight, Lord Jesus. Make us whole, O oh God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, wash us, O oh God, so we will be whiter than snow. Lord Jesus, I pray for those, O oh God who are not here tonight, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would touch them, Lord. Those that are on their way, O oh God, give them traveling mercy, Lord Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for the man of God that will bring forth your word tonight, Lord Jesus. Touch him, Lord. Anoint his lips, O oh God, so the word will come forth, O oh God. Whatever you want us to hear, whatever it is that will strengthen us, O oh God, Father, I pray, O oh God, that you would strengthen him so he can deliver it, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray, O oh God, 
for our district, Lord. Father, I pray for unity. I pray for strength. I pray, O oh God, that we will continue to be under one accord and in one mind, O oh God, to serve you in the name of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us tonight, Lord Jesus. Keep your hand upon us, O oh God. Open our ears so we will hear what you have to say to us, O oh God. And Lord Jesus, open our understanding also, Lord, that we will understand what you said to us and how we are supposed to apply your word. Father, strengthen us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Henry. Amen. Will you turn your Bibles? You may be seated. Turn your Bibles to Philippians. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Philippians 4, verse number 6. It's good to see everyone in the house of the Lord tonight. And I pray the Lord will help us and that we will not leave this place the same way. Amen. That will allow God to speak to us and we will take the responsibility of responding and respond. <laughs> There's a responsibility to respond. Amen. And so we must respond. Philippians chapter 4. We'll pray after we're done. We'll go before the Lord in prayer once again. Um we need to pray for Mama Allen. <laughs> I, went, I went and visited Mama Allen today, and Mama Allen is, um, she uh, just had a little episode, and um, they are treating her for, with some medicine. So keep her in your prayer, and we'll pray for her before we leave here tonight. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse seven, verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It says here in verse 6, Be careful for nothing. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And I want to teach you tonight a little bit on this topic. Make your requests known unto God. Make your requests known unto God. As I've been mentioning, I feel uh, God want us to really, really enter into a dimension of prayer where we have not been or maybe we have been, but we have not been in that dimension a long time. God wants to take us to a place uh, where we will begin to pray like we've never been, like we haven't done in a good while. And I believe that what God wants to do in your life, what God wants to do in this church, will require us to pray quite a bit. And I believe that's why he wants me to teach on prayer and for me to pray more and for you to join me in prayer and pray more. Because whatever he has in store, uh, we need to be prepared and we can't handle what God has for us if we're not prepared. So I want to talk to you tonight on make your requests known unto God. 
Christians are to be responsible for their needs and their family's needs and to care about and be concerned for others. But they are not to worry, fret, or have undue concerns. We are supposed to be concerned about our life, be concerned about our family's life, be concerned with others, but we are not supposed to worry, fret, or have undue concerns. Now, that's a whole mouthful there that maybe we need to stay on that for the rest of the night, but I can't stay on that for the rest of the night. But I will tell you, if you are a worrier, if you are a fretter, you have to begin to ask God to help you with that because as Christians, we're not supposed to worry. We're not supposed to fret. How can you say that preacher in Matthew 20, in Matthew chapter six, verse 25 through 34? I won't let you read it, but I'll tell you what it says. Jesus said not to worry about your life, what you eat or drink, your body, adding time to your life or what will happen to you tomorrow. What he did say was, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So if we will follow what the scripture is teaching, we won't be worrying and we won't be fretting about the things that we worry and we fret about. Amen. Despite what was happening around them, the Philippians did not need to worry about anything because God held them securely. God is no respecter of persons. And if he held those in the past securely and kept them and protected them and provided for them, then God will do the same for us. So I'm here to tell you tonight, God don't want you to worry and God does not want you to fret. God wants you to trust in him. Worrying is bad because it is a subtle form of distrust to God. Worrying is bad because it is a subtle form of distrust in God. So when you're worrying, I have to tell you what is happening is there is some distrust in you concerning God. One amen. When believers worry, they are saying that they don't trust that God will provide. They, they, they doubt that he cares or that he can handle their situation. Whatever you need, God can provide. The Bible says he can do exceeding and abundant and above whatever we can ask or think the Bible says, cast your care upon him because he cares. So you can't say, God, you don't care. You can't say, God, you're not a provider. And you, 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 you can't say God can't handle your situation because God says he is omnipotent. He's all powerful so he can handle your situation because he's powerful enough to handle your situation. He's already told you, cast your care upon me because I care it so you supposed to cast your care upon him because he cares for you and you don't doubt that because God is letting you know that we have to start taking God as at his word and not begin to throw our own feelings and emotion into God God need us to take him at his word somebody say man
It leads, when you worry, it leads to a helpless, hopeless feeling that causes them to be paralyzed. But Paul offered prayer as an antidote to worrying. So clearly put, when you're worrying, it means you're not praying. When you're worrying, you're not taking it to God. When you're worrying, oh, somebody help me in here tonight. Maybe I'm talking to you. You can't talk back to me. But I'm telling you right now, God has called us to pray and not to worry. And if you find yourself worrying a whole lot, it means you're not praying enough. Or whatever words you're saying are just words that you're uttering, but they're not real prayer. Because if you're sincerely praying, then you're not worrying anymore. I'm not telling you, you might not start off worrying. You might start off worrying because you realize I'm not praying. But as you start worrying, you need to catch yourself and say, why am I worrying? I'm serving this all-powerful God. I'm serving this all-knowing God. I am serving this God who says he cares about me. So why am I worrying? I need to go to him and talk to him about this. But as long as you keep it to yourself and never talk to God about it, you will always be worried. Prayer is the antidote for worrying. The word of God is is the general word, the, 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 the word prayer is the general word for making requests known to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It carries three basic ideas of adoration, devotion, and worship. Man, I want to move on from this. But let me say this to you. We know so much in this day and age that we stop praying. We stop praying because we know too much now. You see, old time folks prayed because they knew nothing. They were just that humble to say to themselves, I don't know. I just have to trust God. I don't know. I just have to follow God. I don't have the means. I just have to follow God. But now we have all the means. Now we know everything. And so we don't pray. We don't pray. Because everything you need, you can go get it. We don't pray because we know everything. We can work everything out. We can explain everything because we've got all this knowledge. And we look at the old timers like, yeah, they needed to pray because they don't really, they didn't really know nothing. Foolish thought. They were so much more spiritual than us. They put us to shame. They put us to shame. Old time people coming to church and they already caught up in the Holy Ghost. They know what's going on and what needs to be done. Old time people, they pray and they know already what, 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 what needs to be done. They come early and they get at the altar and they say, Pastor, they say, Lord, we need a preacher to preach a word that's going to rock us that we will never be the same. And they're laboring and moaning and groaning because they know in order for God to speak to them, he got to use the person that's been called to preach to them. And so they come laboring and they come praying and they don't care what they look like. and They don't care what they sound like. They just come and pray because they want God to speak to them. They didn't, they didn't even pay the preacher no mind. 
They came in with their mind on Jesus. They came in understand the process of how the Lord Jesus worked, which is if you want a word from God and you're in the house of God, talk to God about what you need and God will use his servant to produce what is needed. He will allow them to speak your word, speak your instruction, speak a word for you. They realize that. But we think they didn't know anything. Because we know so much now. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the young people raise children now, and I keep my mouth shut, but all I know is I didn't turn out that bad. But the young people now, they know all the stuff. Well, you can't do that because of that. Well, you don't want to do this because of this. And I'm just keeping my mouth shut because the bottom line is I went through all of what y'all said shouldn't be done, but I'm here and I ain't stupid. So I don't know what that's all about. And, and I'm going, Kurt, do y'all thing, baby. I don't get in the way. I'm serious. I don't get in the way. Tell my wife, don't get in the way. We just going to love our children and grandchildren. We're not getting in the way. We're just going to love them and spoil them and get out the way. But we ain't going to tell them how to raise their children. We're not going to tell them what they need to do because they got their way. Whenever we find ourselves worrying, our first action ought to be to get alone with God in prayer and begin to pray and begin to call on the name of the Lord and begin to worship him. Adoration is what is needed. We need to adore him. If we will adore God, we will pray more. But you see. The newest member to our family, Brother Sharp, man, you're talking about some handsome looking, good, pretty young boy. I'm like, man, I'm amazed looking at my grandson. Like, Whoa, man, that boy look pretty. He look handsome, I guess. I'm just like looking at him in amazement. I was arguing with my granddaughter the other day, yesterday. I said, that's my grandson. She said, that's my brother. I said, if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't be here. She said, if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't be here. I said, explain that. I said, explain that. Then she got quiet. Uh, uh. I said, that's exactly right. It's because of me why you here. It's because of me why he here. It's because of me. I'm taking this. I got issues now. I'm taking, trying to take authority because I'm the patriarch around here. Lord help me. But. We adore that little boy. Liam is adorable. You look at him, you, 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 he's just amazing. And you, I can't help but to think about the power of God. He's adorable. And I watch how everybody want to go see the baby. And I'm convinced we have lost that awe and, and, and who God is. In us adoring him because because we're going to make ourselves look bad that w- w- when we have, you know, new additions to the family and we are so, you know, thankful and we go adore them and we pick them up and we hey, we talk, baby, talk, whatever. We are adoring them. That's what we're doing. And God is saying, you know how to adore the one that I create, but you don't know how to adore me. Who is the creator? huh? And that's where we have lost it. 
because God needs to be a door in our prayer. Adoration is what is needed. We must see the greatness and majesty of God. We must realize that he is powerful enough to solve our problems. Uh, Too often we rush into his presence hastily to tell him what we need uh, when we ought to approach his throne calmly but with boldness and in the deepest of reverence. We got to get back to prayer, church. And not that just praying because we know it's time to pray. And not just prayer because we know how to pray. I find, you want to hear something special. I find that the more I pray earnestly to God, the simpler my prayer becomes now. The the, the, the more uh, 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 effective I believe my prayer becomes because now I'm really locked in on sincerely making my request known unto him as opposed to just saying what I know. I don't want to say what I know. I want to talk to him from my heart. And that's what's missing when we say prayer. We got to talk to Jesus from our heart. Not because of what we are obligated to do or because of what we know. We got to talk to Jesus from our heart. And I got to tell you, church, I talked to him from my heart this week. And I'm just telling him, I'm like, God, I need to be more spiritual. God, I want to be more locked in. God, I want to be able to overcome the trivial stuff and not allow simplistic stuff to get in my way. And not to be cumbered about with things that are not important. I'm telling him because that's what's in my heart. God, I want to do your will because I don't feel like I'm doing everything that you want me to do. God, I don't feel like I'm prepared to handle what you have in store. Help me to be prepared. That's how I'm talking to him. I don't have no fancy prayers. The first step in right praying is adoration, which includes thanksgiving and praise. When you go to God and you begin to adore him, man, oh man, you you go to God and you begin to say, God, I adore you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. You know who adore God's a lot? (laughs) Mama Allen, she adored God a lot. (laughs) Oh man, man, the drop of a hat all day today. She's telling me, I trust him. He is so good. And she adore him all the time. As long as she's been walking with God, she's still adoring him. Adoration is important. And when we lose our desire, when we lose that part of us to adore God, to to appreciate God, we don't pray. Supplication is the earnest sharing of our needs and problems with the Lord. There is no place for half-hearted insincere prayer sometimes we're like the kids we say the stuff half-heartedly because we want the stuff more than we want to deal with the god of the stuff and so we throw him some half-hearted insincere prayer because we're so locked in on what we want i don't want to give god no half-hearted insincere prayer because i'm so focused on something i want church can i say this to you we ought to want jesus more than anything else in this world or out of this world 
That's what we ought to want more than anything else is Jesus. And when we want stuff more than we want Jesus, we will not be able to pray like we need to pray because we will so, be so focused on what we want as opposed to who we should be wanting. We know we're not heard by our much speaking. So there's no need to just keep on saying, repeating stuff over and over. In Matthew 6 and 7, the word of God says, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. Mm. Don't miss this. Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. When you read your Bible a lot, you catch stuff like this. You know what it means? Heathens pray. <laughs> you missed it. I know you did. It says, use not vain repetitions like the heathens do. So basically, what the Bible is telling us is, you pray, but heathen pray too. So what's the difference between your prayer and the people that are heathens? Because they pray too. The way they pray is using a whole lot of repetition. And so you don't pray like that. If not, you're going to be like them. Heathens pray too. So there's a lot of people that quote unquote is supposed to be of God, but they're not. But guess what? They're praying. I don't know what that means, but they're praying. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Jesus wants us to be earnest in our asking, in our requests that we make unto him. In John chapter 14. Verse number 12, the word of God says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. Remember, Jesus' ministry started at age 30. Mm -hmm. And when he ascended to heaven, he was 33 and a half years old. So he really did the business for three and a half years. For those of us that get saved, most of us are saved for more than three and a half years. So it's not that we're going to do anything better than Jesus, but we will do more than what he's done because we're here longer than he was. Greater works because he goes on to the father. Verse 13 says, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Do not get it twisted. Anything you ask God that's outside of his purpose for your life, you will not get it. So a lot of times people see when he says, ask anything. And people go around saying, that means anything. Okay, let's, let's put it like this. You can ask him anything. Let's just, let's just take care of that, because I don't want you to think I'm crazy. You can ask him anything you want, but he's only going to respond to you regarding the things according to his purpose for your life. What father, what good father will give his son a serpent as a gift. What good father will give his children a gift that's not good? And that's man who is corrupt. So if man who loves their father, love their children, give their children good gifts, 
how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to you? So he would not be who he's supposed to be if he's going to give you anything you want. We got to read our Bible and make sure we praying so the word of God can speak to us because this is what's hurting a lot of people is because we are not reading. We're not spiritual. And when we read the Bible, we just take it squarely out of context. And then when God don't back up what we think he should back up, all of a sudden now we upset with God and God can't be real. And God ain't who he says he is. And what's the sense of me going to church and God get blamed. But because you took it out of context, God is taking the blame. Because why would God give you anything? You, you think, can, can you imagine right now, you, 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 you can't handle a paycheck, a, a job where you're making 50000 a year. You're squandering your money. You can't handle 50000 a year. And then you want God to give you a $150,000 job. You can't pay the rent with the 50000 because every time you get paid, you just squander your money. And now you're like, God, if you would give me a job that's paying me 150 and God wants to whisper in your ears, you can't handle the 50. Why you want me to give you 150 when you can't handle the 50? Well, that's what we're doing when we read this scripture. So, yeah, I can ask God anything. You can't even pray faithfully every day, but you want God to just give you anything? We got to get back to being spiritual reading God's word in context and really praying to God sincerely because the bottom line is it does not mean that whatever you ask God, he needs to do. You can ask him whatever you want, but he's only going to make sure you get whatever is good for you. Whatever is good for you. He's a good God. He is a great God. He's a miraculous God. He's a loving God. He's a kind God. He's a God that will provide for you. He cares for you. He can't give you anything that's going to destroy you. How can he say he loves you by giving you something that will destroy you? But we read this and says, yes, I can ask anything and God will give it to me. In Matthew 7 and eight, same thing. But this one didn't have the text where it says in his name. And that's why we got it out of context. Seven, Matthew 7 and 7, it says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that ask it, receive it. And he that seek it, find it. And to him that knock it, it shall be open. And so the bottom line is, if we do it according to his purpose. One of my favorite texts in the Bible is the scripture that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see, that came first. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Right. Because he knows when you start appreciating and delighting yourself and appreciating the things of God, you're not going to ask something ridiculous. No, you won't. You'll ask for the things that you and God are on one accord about. Lord, I've been watching my nephew. He's getting himself in a lot of trouble. How can I reach him, Lord? What can you tell me to tell him? How can I love him differently? How can I reach him, Lord? I know you want him to be saved. How can I reach him, Lord? Show me. That's the kind of stuff you'll start asking God when you delight yourself in the Lord. When you ask, he will respond to those kind of prayers because you and him now are in alignment. 
when Jesus prayed in the garden, he was earnest. He did not use vain repetitions. And while his closest disciples were sleeping, Jesus was sweating great drops of blood. Supplication is not a matter of carnal energy, but of spiritual intensity. We have to be spiritually intense when it comes down to spiritual things. We can't just sit back because your passion will show whatever you're you're passionate about. It's supposed to come out. You know what I refuse to let happen to me? I'm usually on a normal basis. I'm a normal, passionate person about whatever I believe in. But I will not allow any of my passion to be greater than my passion for the Lord. I'm passionate about a lot of things. But if I find myself, I like sports. If I ever find myself making sports more passionate than my my relationship with Christ and the things I do for Christ, I'm done with sports because I cannot afford to allow anything to be above my relationship and my passion and my love for God. Nothing is going to be above that. So anything that gets in my life that is trying to come above that, it got to go. I want for someone to look at me and know the most passionate thing about me is my relationship with Christ. The most passionate thing about me is what I do for Christ. That's what I want to be labeled as because when I wasn't in Christ, they knew what I was passionate about. When I wasn't in Christ, everybody knew I had the latest dancehall music. Everybody knew to knock on my door. Or see me in the street and flag me down. Let me run your cassette. They want to copy my cassette because I had the latest of everything. They knew that. Well, they better know now. And I want them to know. They know. Some of them know. And I want them. I want more to know. Yeah. He went to church. Got saved. He ain't the same no more. They're going to know that. They're going to know that. And they're going to know this is different than that. Oh, no. This is different. This is different than what he used to be. Because I want to be able to give God everything I've got. And the only way I can do that is going to be by prayer. Faith and right standing with God, they are essential in our prayer unto the Lord. Faith and our right standing with God is important when we pray. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22 The word of God says, and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. You see why worrying is not good? It means you're not having faith in God. Mm -hmm. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this. Now you all see why I'm not worried about vaccine. I just got too much to tell you. If, If we will get this right and begin to pray like we know. This is why I'm not worried about vaccine. This is why I'm not worried about all the nonsense that we got going on in our world. Because I have faith in God. This has nothing to do. We, we continue as Christians to look at the government and the world. That's not the way you look. You look inward. You check with the Holy Ghost and the word of God. Your focus is supposed to be on Jesus. And everybody's running rampant and one scared and worried about this and that. And I'm like, what about Jesus? Brother D. 
if I endeavor to walk in my purpose in God and the vaccine is supposed to be some hoax or it, 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 it's, it's not right, he's going to either stop me or if I go and take it, you know what he's going to do? He's going to make sure. And if you drink any deadly thing, y'all ain't living the Y'all don't want to live the word of God. Y'all worrying about this foolishness. Do we really? We, are we trying to live for God or what? If we take up serpents, it will not hurt us. If we drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm us. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So if I drink something, take something, it's no good. And God still got a plan. I'm going to lay hands on myself and I will be delivered. If not, I will be ascended in the presence of the Lord. What am I worrying about? What are you worrying about? What are you concerned about? Either you're living for God or you're not. Because if you're living for God, these things shall not move you. They're not supposed to move you. You're living for God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, this is the kind of authority we got and we're worrying about the CDC. We're, about, we're worried about presidential races. We're run, worrying about governors and mayors. We're worrying about all this stuff. And it's breaking my heart because sinners are dying, but we're worrying about the races. Sinners are dying, and we're worrying about CDC. When am I going to hear people saying, listen, I ain't got time to talk to you about CDC guidelines right now. Guess what? I'm just going to do my best to reach the lost. That's not what we're doing. We're going back and forth. Everybody want to sound sharp. The other day, my neighbor came down my street and said to me, so what do you think about the vaccine? I said, it's not the mark of the beast. I said, it's not the mark of the beast. Now, it's up to you if you want to take it or not. But I tell you what, I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ and his hand is upon me, so I'm fine. But whatever you want to do, it's up to you. But it's not the mark of the beast. I'm really trying to live for God, church. That's all I'm telling you. I'm just one of those people that I can't be hypocritical. Either, Either this is right and I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do it and I'm just going to live like a heathen. I can't. Either way, whatever I'm going to do, I got to be true to it. So either this is right, and if it's right, well, let's do it then. If it's not right, then let me go do something else, not wasting my time. Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore... I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray. And we're walking away from God. Why? Because we're praying what we want and not what God wants. We're praying what we want and not what God wants. When we don't get it, then we upset because we're all a bunch of babies wanting God to do what we want. And God is trying to do his best to save us. That's all he's trying to do, save us. And we're being babies. God, uh, you didn't do this. God, you didn't do that. When you pray, believe that you will receive them and you shall have them. Again, what are those things that you desire? What are they? 
What are the things you desire? Do you desire heaven more than everything else down here? Do you desire to see your families get saved? Do you desire to love everybody truthfully? Do you desire to see other people saved? If we desire those things, we will have those things. But if we're desiring to be rich, can't promise you all of us will be rich. Because some of us can handle riches. We'll know what to do with it if, if we're in the hands of God. But others of us won't know what to do with riches. We'll allow riches to take us away from God. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Do we desire that if we have an uncomfortable feeling with someone deep down in our heart, we will go to God and say, God, I don't want to feel uncomfortable feeling toward anyone. God, I want my heart to be pure so there's no one that I'm uncomfortable with when it comes down to how things we need to take to God if we desire them. But do we desire those things? Do we desire those things? Do we desire to get along with everyone? Do we desire to have the love for everyone? The Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. And can you answer that truthfully and say you're loving all your neighbors? Or you're saying, oh God, I have a problem over here because I just don't have it together with this person. And because of that, you're going to God and say, God, help me. God desire for you to have Love for everyone. So when you go to him and you can just spill it out to him and say, God, I'm not loving my neighbor as I supposed to. Will you help me? What is wrong with me? Will you work in my heart so I can love my neighbor as myself? Those are the things that we need to take to God in prayer. But if you do not forgive. Neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. God's got this thing so unlocked. He is letting us know that if you want to be that stubborn to not forgive somebody, you're only locking your own self up. You're only putting your own self in a jam. If you feel that strongly that you can't forgive someone, you are really condemning your own self. Is it worth it? Is it really worth it to, to, to not forgive someone that you can condemn your own soul, that you will not spend eternity with God all because you can't forgive somebody for what they did to you because you don't do nothing to nobody? Locking up your own soul. Somebody need to pray about that tonight. Before we leave here, we're going to pray, but somebody need to pray about that. That God, you got to help me to forgive them because I can't go to hell because I can't let go of something because I can't forgive somebody. I can't go to hell for that, Lord. You got to deliver me from that. Those are prayers we need to pray. But we like to pray the pretty prayers. But we got to pray those prayers because those are the prayers that make us ineffective. And when you're ineffective, it brings frustration. God made us to be productive. And when you don't feel like you're being productive in the kingdom of God, you become frustrated. But God can't use you when you're not ready to be used. 
And so we walk around frustrated. We're not telling anybody that we're frustrated, but we're wondering, what's the problem? What's the problem? Why can't I be used? And the answer is, what are you praying about? What are you praying about? Because if you pray about the right things, God will use you. As we're praying in adoration, supplication, and uh, we're praying in adoration and supplication, then comes appreciation. Giving thanks to God is appreciation. Certainly, Jesus enjoys hearing his children say to him, thank you, Lord. When Jesus healed 10 lepers, only one of the 10 returned to give thanks. And we wonder if the percentage is any higher today. He healed 10, one came back. That's 10%. 10%. So the question is, is it only 10% of the church that's giving thanks to God? Is it only 10% of the church? Because it's in the book. 10 got healed. All of us got saved who responded in obedience to salvation. We all got saved. Now, how many of us giving them thanks? 10%. Take everything to God in prayer. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. We are prone to pray about the big things in life and forget to pray about the so-called little things. Uh-huh. Until the little things grow and become a big thing. Uh-huh, we look at the little things, oh, that's not that important. Let me pray about this big thing over here. And before you know it, that little thing become a big thing because we never prayed about it. Uh-huh. Talking to God about everything that concerns us and him is the first step toward victory and not worrying. Let's not worry about anything, but pray about The result of prayer is the peace of God. Well, I'm getting ready to tell you something interesting. The result of prayer is the peace of God. You know why that's the result? And that's the result that you need to look forward to? Whether God answers your prayer or not, you should have peace knowing that you have made your request known unto him. You see, we go to God praying, wanting God to answer our prayers, and we don't know if what we're asking is good for us. We just go praying, asking, making our petitions known, and requests known to God, wanting him to answer the prayer. But the question I'm asking you today is, how do you know that's good for you? So if you just depend on God giving you an answer to respond to your prayer and tell you something, that might get you all worked up when he does not respond to you. Because he might not respond because what you're asking is not good for you. But you should be at peace 
knowing that you made your request known unto him. That's all you need to be concerned about is that, God, I made my request known unto you. Now it's up to you what you will do. If you prayed his will, chances are he will respond to you. But if you prayed just some selfish desires that you have, chances are he may not respond to you. But you're supposed to be at peace because you brought it to him. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Because he may never answer your prayer because he knows everything. And some things is not worth him responding or he might just not be responding because it's not time for him to respond. But with that, I made my request known unto him. The peace of God stands guard over two areas that create worry. The two areas is the heart, which is our feelings, and the mind, which is our thinking. Uh Uh-huh. So when you pray, you make your request known unto God, it stands on guard and protect your heart and protect your mind. This is why one of the help that you can get when you have ought against somebody is pray for them. Man, you have no clue I'm giving you a very vital piece of advice tonight. If you are struggling with forgiving somebody, start praying for them sincerely and do nice things for them. Y'all ain't getting it, but I'm I'm just going to just let you know. I'm trying to help you. That's how you get over your ought with someone or your resentment or whatever it is that you had not forgiven them for. The way you do that is you forgive them, first of all, if it's something to forgive them about. But the second thing you do is pray for the best of God's will for their life. And then you follow that up by doing something or That is nice for them. If you want your heart to be clean. But but, but if you want to keep on holding on because they they hurt you so bad. Oh, my goodness. They hurt you so bad that you can't even get yourself to get there. Again, you locked yourself up. Your eternal soul is at stake. So the way you're going to do that is that. I'm telling you to keep me from having any issue with anyone. I'm praying for them. First of all, I'll tell you this. You might not go down this road, but I'm just telling you my story. One of the most beautiful things that happened to me was just that desire and passion I have to reach lost souls, to want to see people saved. And the effort that I put into helping people get saved That has helped my life because here is what I always say to myself. If I am going to go in the street to try to get a stranger that I don't know, try to get them saved, 
I am a hypocrite if I can't get my work with my friends that wrong me, my children that wrong me, my family members that those are my flesh and blood. And I'm going to go meet a, a stranger in, in outside telling them Jesus loves you. And if you will just trust him, he will lead you into a place of eternity and you will live a blessed, blessed life. I'm going to tell a complete stranger that. And I'm going to say I can't forgive somebody that I know that I might have been friends with for a while. That makes no sense to me. So the bottom line is, if you care about lost souls. That's going to give you a good start, give you a good leg up, because, as I say. You have every right to call me a hypocrite if I'm going out there to try to reach them. And in my own family, I'm not doing my best to try to reach them in my own family or my friends or whoever it is. I'm not trying to do my best to let them know that I love them and I'm praying and trying to do the right thing. That's how you keep your heart clean. Just trying to give you the stuff so you know. I got the word and my own experiences to back up what I'm telling you tonight. I am not telling you anything tonight that I have not been through an experience or I have not read and understood clearly in the scriptures. I'm trying to get you to start praying because it's it's when you understand these things. These are the things that have interrupted our prayer. These are the things that have that have gotten away of us praying. There's too many things that's gone on and we can't pray anymore like we used to. It was so simple 20 years ago, 25 years ago calling on the name of the Lord and praying was not a hard thing it was easy but so much has transpired over the past few years that we're bottled up and locked up and can't pray effective fervent prayer with God calling on his name we we are not doing good at that which means we're living bound, even though we're Christians, even though we're supposed to be free. We're living bound because we're not able to pray like we should be praying. We got to be honest with God. That's the kind of prayer you got to be honest with God. You can't pray the fluffy prayers. We got to be honest with God. And if that means I just got to go in the court and pray to myself where nobody can hear me, where I can say what I have to say to God, then that's what I got to do. But I got to pray. When we give our hearts to Christ in salvation, we experience peace with God. But if we worry, we're not praying and we're not giving our heart to God. Mm -hmm. This does not mean the absence of trials. What I'm telling you tonight does not mean the absence of trial. You're going to have trial. But what do you do about it? Not worry. Make your request known unto God. But when you make the request known unto God. Sometimes, church, what your request to God is, is this, God, I just want to be in your presence. God, I just want to know that I'm in your presence. I know there's a lot of 
turmoil going on all around me. I know there's struggles. I know there's hurt. I know there's disappointment. I know there's pain. I know, Lord God, I've done some people wrong and some people have done me wrong. I know there's a lot there, God. And Lord, I don't know the answer to all of these things. But what I do know is if I can just be in your presence, something will be different. Because in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. And so, God, I don't have the answers. I'm frustrated. I'm hurting. I'm disappointed in myself and all the stuff that's going on. But God, all I want you to do is to bring me into your presence. So Lord, I can know that I'm still favored by you. That I can know, Lord God, that you're still okay with me and that I still have a hope in you. That's all I want sometimes, Lord. That I don't have to worry about what's going on. I can just trust that if you bring me into your presence, that's your way of saying I'm still okay. And if I keep pressing on and I keep praying and I keep worshiping and I keep serving and I keep adoring and I keep worshiping, then I will be okay eventually. So God, sometimes all I want to do is be in your presence. That's all, Lord God. That's all. I'm not here trying to ask you for anything because all that you've given to me, I don't even deserve it. But God, I just want to be in your presence. God, I just want you to point me in the direction that I need to go because I want heaven to be my home. I want to spend eternity with you. And so I just want to know where am I in you, Lord God? Where am I? Can you show me where I am, Lord? Can you show me what I need to do? Lord, if I'm entangled in the wrong things, will you deliver me from it, Lord God? Will you set me free from it, Lord? Will you break the invisible chains and allow me to experience your glory and experience your comfort and experience your joy and your peace? Church, we got to get into that place with God so we can know the truth that will make us free and we can live a life that is victorious in Christ Jesus. When are we going to pray? When are we going to pray? When are we going to make our requests known and not just what we want, but what we know is the will of God? Church, in Daniel chapter 6, when the king wanted everybody to bow down and pray to him, and Daniel decided that he's not going to do it, he went and did what he normally do, which is go up in his room and turn toward Jerusalem and began to pray and call on the name of the Lord. And they saw what Daniel was doing, and they were upset because Daniel didn't pray to the king. And guess what? They arrested Daniel and placed Daniel in the lion's den. Why do you think Daniel didn't lose his mind in the lion's den? Why wasn't he worrying 
in the lion's den. He should have been losing his mind in the lion's den. But I already told you that when we don't worry but we pray, guess what? We get a peace that passes all understanding. When we don't worry about a thing but we pray about a thing, God will give us peace that passes all understanding. And when we're all up in arms and worried about everything, we're not praying. I may not have been able to put it in proper context all while we were having a lot of things going on in our world. But I knew that the bottom line somewhere in there, our faith in God was missing because we were worried about the tangible things and not the spiritual things. The spiritual things are what drives the tangible things. While we look at the things which are not seen, those are the things that we're supposed to worry about what we can't see in the spiritual realm and you can only see in the spiritual realm if you become spiritual by praying and seeking the face of God and say God I need to know oh God will you show me the things that are important and not get caught up in the things what I'm talking about here tonight is probably the most unpopular thing I can ever talk about one of the most unpopular thing because we have become so, oh, so, 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 it has become our way of living from our feeling and our touching. That's what we worry about the most now. Our, what we feel, what we can touch. That's what we worry about the most. And what I'm preaching tonight, according to the word of God, is contrary to that. And so that's making you uncomfortable. Because anytime the preacher preach, what you're doing is going to make you uncomfortable. And so I'm here to tell you, we need to pray real prayers. We need to pray real prayers. We need to pray real prayers, church. Get mad, but do something about it. I'm okay with you being mad. I've been mad many a times in church services. I ain't mad at the preacher because I just know he God's messenger. Because the day I start getting mad at the preacher, it means I think that's his words that's being spoken. And I can't let his words be the words that get me stirred. I got to know it's the word of God. So what I'm saying to you tonight, if it gets you mad, get mad. And it's okay. But do something about it. Do something about it to the point where you can feel prayer coming through your bones. I'm talking about when you wake up in the morning, you just start coming out of bed and you say, God, thou art God. Early will I seek thee for you, Lord, are my God. I cannot live without you. This is a new day that I've never seen. The day that you have made, I certainly will rejoice and be glad in it. But God, I'm weak and thou art strong. I know not what I will encounter today, but I'm your servant, Lord. I'm your child, Lord. And I just ask you to make me vigilant and sober and make me an instrument that you can work through. But more than anything else, Lord, do not let this day pass me by without me sensing your presence, without me being connected to you, without me feeling your touch, without me experiencing your love. Don't let this day go by without me working the work of faith. God, I want to be changed. I don't want to ever be the same. You changed me once before. You changed me twice. 
You can change me again. You can change me again. But all I know is I want to pray like I've never prayed. I want to call on your name like I've never called on the name of Jesus. I don't know what lion den might await any one of us. I don't know what situation might await any one of us. But I know if we pray, when we get into the presence of all the enemy, when we get into the place of danger, we will be all right because we won't worry, because we will have prayed. Oh God, help us to pray like we've never prayed. Oh God, help us teach us how to pray the prayers of faith. You said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And God, I want to pray like I've never prayed because I need you, Lord. I need to walk in your purpose. I need to walk in your power. I need to walk in your authority. I need you, Lord God. I need to be in your presence, Lord God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I want to be so consumed by your power. I want to be overshadowed by your power, Lord God. That just like the apostles, when their shadows would heal people, when they passed them by, their shadows will, would heal people, Lord God. Lord, you're no respecter of persons. Lord, can we just show up and our shadow will begin to heal people? Can we just show up and speak the word only and your will be done? Can we just show up? Up, Lord God, and do your will, and it will be done because we are in connection with you. We're walking according to your purpose. Oh, hallelujah. God, we call on your name tonight. Lord God, we made our request known unto you, Lord God. Because, Lord, we want to hear from heaven. We want to be in your presence. We want to walk in obedience, Lord God. You said if we love you, then keep your commandments. Oh, God, I am, I, I am embarrassed to say, Lord God, I love you, but I have not kept your commandments like I'm supposed to. And, God, I want to keep your commandments because I know within myself, that I love you, Lord, but I got to show you I love you and not just say I love you. I want to show you I love you, Lord God. Oh, God, I want you to know that I love you from my actions, Lord God. I want you to know that I love you, Lord God, from me being a doer and not just a hearer only of your word, Lord God. I want you to know I love you, Lord God, by loving the things that you love, by wanting the things that you want, by living the way you want me to live, Lord God. I want you to know I love you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, stir us up, Lord God. Stir us up to the point where we can't help ourselves, but we will pray. Church, hear me. We got to pray. I come again, so God, the obstacles that is in our way. I see obstacles, church. I see some of us here tonight. There's been obstacles that's been placed in your way. But I'm going to pray tonight in the name of Jesus that God will intervene even now and remove the obstacles that is in your way to make your way a little bit easier, to make your path a little clearer. <laughs> oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll move on each and every person. 
You know the situations. You know the challenges. You know the struggles. You know what the obstacles are, Lord God. And I pray tonight in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, you will grant your favor tonight upon each and every individual. That, Lord, the obstacles, the strongholds, oh, my God, the things that have gotten into their way, that you'll remove them, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that they will be free, that they will no longer be bound, but they will be free to worship, free to give you adoration and praise, free, oh God, to give you the glory, free, Lord God, in prayer. God, I pray that there will be a move of your spirit upon us, that we will begin to pray, and prayer will become, oh God, a great part of who we are, that we will begin to pray like we've never prayed, that we will begin to call on the name of the Lord like we've never called on the name of the Lord. Oh God, let righteousness and holiness, let righteousness and holiness and faith grab a hold of us. God, that we may walk in righteousness. God, that we may walk in faith. I pray in the name of Jesus. Your will be done. Will you stand with me tonight? Your will be done tonight, Lord God. Your will be done. Somebody, before you leave here tonight, will you just one time sincerely go to the Lord tonight? And just let him know, even if you don't want to utter it because you don't want nobody to hear it. Will you just go to the Lord tonight? I believe God has brought to the forefront of your mind right now what has been your issue. Uh, I believe God has brought to the forefront of your mind what has been your issue. What has been your challenge. What have been the thing that have, that, that have hindered you to be powerful to be spiritually connected with him, to pray the prayers of faith. And I want you to talk to him about that thing. I want you to talk to God about that thing that have held you captive, that have kept you bound, that have messed with you for so long that you're not able to pray and call on God like you need to. I want you to take two minutes. We're going to get out of here in a second. Just take two minutes and talk to the Lord about that thing that you can be free when you get out of here. Father, in the name of Jesus, for myself, Lord God, and for everybody else in this place. Lord, I honestly, have, I bring before you, Lord God, my struggles, my hindrances, Lord God. Uh, and I place it before you tonight, and then I ask, Lord God, that you'll help me. You will help me, Lord. For God, I want to pray and seek your face like I've never prayed and seek your face. I want to be in your presence, walking in your presence like I've never done, Lord God. Oh God, I want to be in Christ like I've never been in Christ. Oh Father, I truly want to be able to pray the prayers of faith like I've never prayed them. I pray the same prayers for each and every person in this place tonight. That Lord God, they will begin to pray like they never prayed. That prayer will take a hold of every person in this congregation where they will begin to pray, Lord God, uncontrollably, where they will begin to pray, Lord, having communion and fellowship with you, where they will begin to pray, Lord God, because they are making their requests known unto you according to your will, Lord God. Ah, I pray tonight, Lord Jesus, that there will be a shift in our spirit, Lord God, by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
and that there will be a liberty that will come in our hearts where we will feel the liberty to call on your name and to pray and to seek your face and to call those things that are not as though they were. Oh God, and not to be hindered anymore by no people, by no circumstance, Lord God. I pray that no person or circumstance will hinder any person in this church tonight, Lord God, but that every person in this church will be free and no longer be hindered where they can pray like they've never prayed and that you will work in their life, Lord God. Lord, have your way with Mama Allen tonight, Lord. Give her the liberty to move in the spirit realm and call on your name. Bless her and keep her. Give her the strength, oh God, that she needs and let the power from on high overshadow her. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight and for your people, Lord God. I pray the blessings of God, spiritual blessings, spiritual power will come upon this church and that your will be done. We thank and praise you tonight. We thank and praise you tonight. We pray and ask you these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody thank the Lord tonight. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Listen, challenge yourself in how you move forward in your prayer. I know all of us in here tonight have our way of praying. We have our systematic way or our customary way of praying. But challenge yourself to pray earnestly. Challenge yourself to pray in adoration and in thanksgiving. Challenge yourself to pray like you've never prayed to let the power of God move you. Don't pray like, like, like just say words. But pray by the power from on high. Pray and let the power of God move you to pray. When you wake, when you go to bed tonight, pray by the power of God. When you wake up in the morning, pray by the power of God and not just what you're accustomed to pray. God wants to do something different in this church. And we know all the powerful and miraculous things that God has ever done. It began with prayer. Not with preaching. It began with prayer. So I'm preaching about prayer so we can start with prayer. Don't forget, if you have an offering to give tonight, Brother Henry is in the back. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. Evangelism is this Saturday morning, 930. Meet us here. We'd love to have you come and be a part. Jesus' song.
in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord. 